Howdy folks, this is Scott Parker, and you're listening to another episode of Keep the Dream Flowing, a Woodstock 1969 podcast for October of 2022. And in this episode, we have part two of our dynamic two-part episode with Mr. Glenn Eldridge. He's the author of We Are Woodstock, a book that is a memoir of his experiences at the 1969 Woodstock Festival and beyond. I think you're going to really enjoy this one. It was a great time talking to Glenn, and his book is available wherever good books are sold. You can also get it at Amazon, and I believe there are still signed copies available on eBay if you look up We Are Woodstock book. So for now, here we are with part two of our interview with Mr. Glenn Eldridge. We are Woodstock, folks, right here on Keep the Dream Flowing, a Woodstock 1969 podcast. As I said in my book, I think one of the big heroes of Woodstock, Hmm. without a doubt, was Chipmunk. Oh, yes. This guy spread confidence through the whole audience. His voice was great, and he took control right away. He's the one that got everyone to back up. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, and he just became the leader. Yeah. Him, him yeah. and John Morris were the voices. Of yeah. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Morris was the one who was, I think, and was he announcing more people or he was announcing different things more so, but yeah. Uh, early on, Morris, you know, he was just the lighting guy. And in the book, it, it says that, you know, Lang just went over to him and said, Oh, by the way, we didn't hire an MC. You're it. And (laughs) and the lighting was, the thing was he couldn't do any lighting. They only had two, you know, lights, I think shining down. Now I remember that at night because I was there that night and all the rest of the equipment was underneath. So he really didn't have anything else to do. (laughs) Yeah. And I had had some spotlights on the towers. I think he lives in England now. uh, Australia. Australia. Or okay, I know he's yeah. not around here. But. Jim, Jim just had the pleasure of meeting him because he was wow. um, he was back at Bethel Woods, yeah, for uh, for the fifty third anniversary. So. so, do you guys go up to, every year to the anniversary? I do. Jim's yeah. there anyway because he works there. I'm so, no, I'm, we're going to get Aaron to go. I'm, I'm aiming year. for the you know I'm aiming for the fifty fifth. Um, maybe I'll oh, I will be there. And yeah, they can't we'll peel me away we'll, now. We'll be there. I'll be there tomorrow. We'll be there tomorrow. Uh, brothers and sisters of yours? Brothers and yeah, sisters. Yeah, for sure. Uh, natural or? Doesn't matter. Just. It's natural, yeah, but they're not blood. I just want to know if you picked up any food. You know, I'm not really interested in getting my picture taken. You're not? <laughs> no. Oh, did, you, did, you did you go hog? over to the hog farm? Yeah, and, uh, well, they, you know, individually, but our people are way over there, and they don't, you know, while the... Really wrecked. They can't move. <laughs> you know. No, you can dig it. It's like a drink. Oh yeah. Oh, thank you. And that—that that was the case yesterday. Some people were giving out these light, light blue tabs, and claiming THC and claiming all this other garbage, and fucked up a lot of people. But there's a lot of really nice shit going around too. There's some blotters, white blotters, and there's some strawberry mescaline, and there's some very, very dark grape-flavored mescaline. That's pretty good. Missing grass. Oh, yeah. Smoke a joint. Would you like to smoke a joint? Yeah, I love to smoke a joint, man. Yeah. Hey, come on. <laughs> that looks like I got some weird stuff. It's not, yeah? Yeah, it's like um, wet. It's all right. It's wet. It's probably... It's homegrown, that's all. Even but homegrown's good, too. 
Homegrown's always good. It's always nice. Uh, it looks so freaked out with that camera, man. <laughs> it really does. What kind of paper is that? Look this. Chocolate brown. No, it's chocolate. It's good. It gives it a flavor. Glass can be really harsh, but it's got its own flavor. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. What do you think about this scene over here in terms of drugs? Uh, over here? I guess it's cool. Is there any, any problem about a hassle with people hassling you about just turning on the news? There's no, the only, the only thing that'd be hassling about drugs is people blowing their heads off because it's too much. <laughs> That's uh, People doing five, ten tabs. You want to talk? Oh man, don't, <laughs> you know. Don't worry about it. It's good grass, too. <laughs> oh, hell. Do you have a light? You having fun over here? Yeah, I'm having a good time. Good. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> is this your job? Where does this go, man? We're going to put it out in uh, Movement City over there as a video journal of what's happening, you know, to give people information. Have you had any bum trips or no, bad scenes? I like a you beer, though. <laughs> what? I like a beer. You like a beer? <laughs> yeah. Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. I just like a beer. <laughs> I mean, it was a miracle of sorts. I mean, you couldn't have planned it the way it worked out. No. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it worked out, it was, you know, because there was no food, there was, and the rain and other things, I think people, and plus the, the times, people, People just, you know, were kind to each other and took care of each other. It's kind of yeah. like, yeah. it's kind of like after, not that I like using this comparison, but it was kind of like after 9-11, everybody was just kinder to each other for a little while. And, you know, I think that's part of it, why people were kinder to each other there. But, you know, about like after Friday night, it's like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. And, and definitely, book, I, and I, definitely I, Sunday. In the book, I also mentioned things that happened afterwards, like afterthoughts. And, and I think one of the things that I kind of think I believe, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, is that the thing that really made Woodstock survive all this time was really the movie. Oh, absolutely. That, yeah. That came after it, because otherwise it would have been a blurb in a book that, you know, but the movie just let everybody see it. This, Nobody really talks about the Monterey Pop Festival. Right. Uh, and they, well, they, they had, had a movie. movie too. They had a movie too, but the Woodstock movie was extremely well done. It won Best Documentary. Yep. And yes. everybody who watches the movie thinks they were actually there. Yes. Because of the split screen and, and, it, and it was the groups. But, you know, the groups were mm -hmm. great, but the people, you know, being but there the, with the and, people. And you, and you saw not just the music, because Monterey was mostly the music. Mm -hmm. But right. you saw, you know, the crowd and the townspeople, and it really yes. gave you the experience that you were there. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's still. And I'll tell you, when I went there for the fiftieth, is as I went, I really felt that it will never end. It was like the spirit is there, and a hundred years from now, it's still going to have that spirit there, if not anywhere else. Well, that's, that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons why we do this podcast. To keep yeah, this it's alive. it's very important to get those stories, you know, like it's extremely important because, you know, as we've said many times on the show before, you know, that 
you know, you can talk to the artists and they're going to give you their stories and their stories don't really change much over the years. And a lot of them, a lot of the major people have been interviewed, but you know, there's, as Jack says, there's 500,000 other stories out there. Oh, so. And there's stories of people who didn't get there. Yeah. Right. You yep. know, there's more than that. You know, that's what that's Neil the from the museum was, was talking about when he was there, he was showing some footage that someone had taken who didn't get there. Yep. And what their story was. And yeah, then I how think many people I know what say they were there. This. There's so many people who said they were there who weren't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. If, See, see, here's the here's the thing about people who were there. Um, Trey Anastasio from uh, <laughs> from Fish, <laughs> the Bad Fish, he said to an audience at the Beacon Theater a couple weeks ago, he he as the as the headline said, he called bullshit on um, on the attendance at Woodstock because he said, you know, I played to crowds of you know, 60, 70,000 people. And there was no more than 60, 70,000 people at Woodstock, which is ridiculous because his theory was there's no way you could put all those people on the field. Well, first of all, they weren't all on the field at the same time. Right. So well, that's you see that aerial view. That aerial view is just amazing. Yeah, it's not the Rose Bowl, you know. It's I mean, probably it's, 60, 70,000 people. It was the bowl. It was it was huge. And yes, there were campsites much further away that, that people had their Winnipeg well, and things. Here's my theory on Trey Anastasio. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he killed Jerry Garcia in rehab <laughs> <laughs> because if the Grateful Dead had He didn't have to work very hard at it. <laughs> well, if the Grateful Dead had continued, Fish wouldn't have a career. Yeah, that well, yeah. I mean, they <laughs> you know, did kind of pick up the slack. You there. know, when I was in Central Park one time, I was drinking wine. It was sangria, so it shows mm -hmm. you when nice. that was popular. With Joe Ma and Cassidy, and Slick was there. She wouldn't oh. drink it. She, I thought she thought maybe there was acid in it. She kind of was like, <laughs> "No, I don't want that." Um, the the acid queen wouldn't take acid, you know. And I mean, I don't. I'm, you know, she just didn't drink with us. But uh, uh, and I know that Joe Mar and Cassidy are usually. I think I think they go up there to Woodstock a, a lot. They've been a couple times, I think. Yeah, that's, hot, that's, that's hot the tuna. impression I get. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Hot Tuna, they uh, you know they got that. But uh, yeah, the Grateful Dead, they were touring. Uh, I think during the pandemic, and I don't know. I haven't seen them in a long time. Yeah, Dead and Company were just at Bethel Woods a couple weeks ago. Yep, and then the year before when they played there, they re they recreated their uh, Woodstock 1969 set list, and I think in the second half, right? Right. So that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, Phil Lesh there just pretty recently with uh, Midnight Ramble Band. Like yeah. last weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. Last weekend. Yeah, the weekend the weekend after the anniversary weekend at, at um at gerald's i when dead and company was at uh bethel woods i was in the back of the pavilion that afternoon i do what are called artist tours which usually oh, yeah. means you give the roadies trips around <laughs> the site but on this on this particular time uh i was asked to give uh, bob weir a ride up to one of the uh, booths that he was helping to promote for voter registration. Really? And, uh, wow. and believe it or not, he sat right next to me. I was told not to talk to him. <laughs> That's what they told me about Neil Young. Yeah. I went to see Neil Young do an acoustical set. And they said, well, 
after the show, you can, he'll sign your autographs, but don't speak to him. So I, I, fig- I figured this is my one and only chance. <laughs> so I, I leaned over quietly and said, thank you for all the music. I figure I can always get away with that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and then I said to him, because they're set, the dead set at Woodstock is infamous for being horrible. So to speak. <laughs> right. and, I, and I've listened to it and I never thought it was horrible. Me and neither. I, and I, I leaned over to him and I said, and by the way, I didn't think your set at Woodstock was all that bad. And he turned to me and he said, no, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then it didn't end with using a light, like your love light and then electricity went out. Well, no, the, well, they had some technical issues and then they had yeah. a, a 40 minute turn on your love light. But, um, but <laughs> and, which I think, I mean, a turn on your love light is a turn on your love light. It, it's yep. always basically the same format, you know. So uh, but it's anyway, a rave up, that, you know, my, that was my one brush with fame. With, oh, uh, that's yeah. awesome. Congratulations. I, you know, I will stick up. I, I've said this again many times on the show, but I'll stick up for the last six or seven minutes of Love Light. I think it's some of the best music that they ever played because it's, you know, it's like um, uh, cover your ears, Aaron. It's like a uh, <laughs> it's the best work I can describe it is orgasmic because you have this buildup that lasts 32, 33 minutes. And then suddenly they're released because they realize, my God, it's over. So they just throw everything they have into the last six or seven minutes. And uh, it's really, to me, it's really powerful. I don't know. Do you agree, Jim? Yeah, I do. I've listened to it many times and I I keep on trying. I mean, it isn't a typical set because (laughs) of the technical issues, granted. The other thing that you also have to keep in mind and I, I did a post on this. I'd love to share it. <laughs> Woodstockwhisperer.net, right? Um, looking at their other festival sets that year. And, mm-hmm. and their festival sets are all different than a, than a show. Yep. I mean, any, anybody's festival set is different than their sure. show at the Fillmore, say, or their, you know, wherever they're performing. Uh, when they're only with two or three other groups, you know, with when you're with seven or eight, nine, whatever groups, you're limited to usually your 45 minutes to an hour. And and that's what that's what their timing was about. So, yeah, I mean, they you know, it's funny when you hear the end of Love Light and, you know, Love Light's going on for 38 plus minutes and, you know, a split second after the last note, it's like, boom, ladies and gentlemen, the great, you never heard chipmunk outro band so fast in your life. (laughs) (laughs) And, and one day you will hear all 38 minutes on the show. You will one day (laughs) we're going to need to fill some time. And then, and then my favorite line of Woodstock, you guys should know what it is after the dead are, are coming off stage. There's a guy, in the front, you know, <laughs> in the front of the stage, who very clearly yells, "You guys know more than two songs." <laughs> <laughs> That's my single. If I had to pick a favorite moment of Woodstock, it's that right there because it's just so hilarious. That's all I need. Uh, what you think, Bobby? Shut on me. Shine on me, let it shine, shine on me, all I need, shine 
Some of your love. Shine on me. Some of your love. Shine on me. Some of your sweet. Shine on me. Let it shine on me. Let it shine. Shine on me. That's all I need. Shine on me. It's got to make me feel. Shine on me. It's got to make me feel alright. Yes, I do. Shine on me. It's got to be. Shine on me. Let your light shine. Shine on me. Some of your love. Some of your kissing on me, shine on me too. All I need, shine on me. It's all I need, shine on me. It's all I need. Take my life completely. I'm shine on me. But this has got to be shine on me. All I need. What you think, Come on. That's all. Come on. Shine upon it, boy. I just got to get some. Come on, please. Some of your love. Come on, please. Some of your kissing. Come on, please. Some of your love. I got to make a feel. Come on. Some of your love. Just like a kid. I got to be alright. Talk about my right. That's all I need. Come on, please. Pretty good, got to be my love. Pretty good, got to be my love. Pretty good, got to be my love. Oh. Got to feel alright. Come on, please. That's all you got to do now. Come on, please. Ain't nothing else. Come on, please. Ain't nothing else you can do. You got to feel alright. Come on, please. You got to feel nice and fine. Come on, please. You got to feel kind of easy. Come on, please. And you can cook a while. That's what my mama said. Be very good. If you go on easy, be very good. You can cook a long old time. Be very good. Yes, you can. Very, very, very What'd you say, baby? Shine on me. All I need. Come on. Shine on me. All I need. Come on. Shine on me. Some of your love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your sweet little light. Shine on me. That's all I got to have. Shine on me. And that's all I'm gonna need. Come on, please. Ever shine down on me. Shine on me. Make me feel so nice. Shine on me. So nice and kind. Shine on me. Got to make me feel. Shine on me. Nice and kind. Got to be. Come on, please. All I need. Come on, please. Come on, baby. Come on, please. Let us shine. Got to be your light. Got to be your light. Got to be your light. Shine on me. Show me your love. Show me your love. Show me your love.
ladies and gentlemen, the Grateful Dead. Hey, this is Richie, and he's lost his chick, and he'd like to have her come and find him. Why did the Who never do encores? Because they had no instruments. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had instruments. No one ever gets that. It's funny because I've, I've, I've read where people said they destroyed their instruments so that they didn't have to do encore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's so dumb that that groups go off and then come back. And there was a, one or two groups that say, look, we would be leaving, but we're not. This is our encore. And then they would perform. Zappa used to do that all the time. He said, you know, we could be cheesy and, you know, yeah. we'll pretend to go off and you guys pretend you want more and then we'll come <laughs> back and we'll pretend we want to play you another couple of songs and we'll, we'll play another couple of songs exactly. or we could just stand here and play the couple of songs. What, exactly. what would you prefer? So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it is. Yeah, it, it's a little it's cynical, but that's Frank. Yeah. So that, you know, I don't know. What you mean. I don't even know how the encore thing started because I don't think it was around forever. Well, it probably started when they some group went off stage and people said, no, we want more. And they came back. Yeah, that, that's probably how it got started. Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at, you know, the Beatles never played an encore. Right. You know, I mean, they, you know, <laughs> of course, the Beatles had to get off stage before, you know, the fans rioted yeah. and tore them yeah. to pieces because <laughs> that would have happened. It's yeah. so funny because if you look at even 1966, the Beatles set was about 28 minutes you well, know the songs were shorter than that's songs true were like two and a half true. minutes three minutes yeah they weren't going to get up and jam you know i think at the would you say it was the san francisco bands that really started to stretch the boundaries of those rock and roll I, I there was a big you had uh, the grateful dead you had yeah. the santana the airplane <clears throat> quicksilver yeah. messenger service um yeah a big jazz influence from san francisco on yeah. those bands too yeah, because, of course, Coltrane and Miles and people like that have been doing, you know, improvisations on that scale for a long time. And then then for the dead, you throw in the acid test. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> would, you, now, would you say that Crosby, Stills and Nash were one of the first groups to get people from other groups and form their own and use their Super name? Was, was there anyone before that? I well, Cream. 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 And, and Cream. I, I saw Cream when they had their reunion. They were in New York. I flew into. I did too. See yep. them. I didn't. I didn't see him. I. I'm was, still kicking myself about it. Wasn't, yeah, I saw him. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't You know, a good question uh, is not what groups do you like, but who have you seen the most? And I didn't realize, but it probably was Clapton because he was with, you know, Cream. He was with Delaney and Bonnie. Blind he Faith with himself. Blind Faith, and I've seen him with all of those groups. So. I guess I've seen wow. him probably the most. I've only seen it. I've only seen. I've only seen him once. I've seen the Who a ton of times. Yeah. Now he was um, also at the Bangladesh concert. I was at the Bangladesh concert and a one-to-one -one concert. The, the the perks of living in oh, New York. Oh wow! 
Yeah. Yeah. So you got to see John and George. I saw Elvis. You did? Since Square Garden, that album. Yeah. I've got a couple of live albums. I'm, I'm actually on the back of a Todd Rundgren album. Are you? <laughs> in the crowd. They, he, they filmed it at Central Park and they took a picture and I'm, and I'm in there. But I'm on that. And the other albums that I was at was, you know, I was at the Allman Brothers Live. At the, the Fillmore. Fillmore. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the legendary the Fillmore shows. And then the Woodstock album and mm-hmm. Woodstock 2. But does that really count as a new album? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, all, there's also not only Woodstock 2, but now there's Woodstock 3 and 4. There's a 3 and 4 now. Are uh, there? Oh. Yeah, yeah they just came out a few years group ago. group had come up with some, like Ravi Shankar has his own album. Uh, Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock. Janis Joplin, I think, at Woodstock. And Johnny Winter. Um, Johnny Winter. Jefferson Airplane. Santana. Uh, Santana, of course. Um, he, he, Melanie, I think I saw Santana. They, they were showing clips. Well, not the last time, the time before, I guess. They were showing clips from Woodstock when they went into that that drum, uh, into that song. And so he started. Uh, like Soul showing. Sacrifice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I went to a, for the 40th anniversary, Wadley released a director's cut or remastered it. And they had a screening at Lincoln Center in New York. And I went to that and they had a bunch of performers. Wadley was there. Artie Kornfeld Corn- was supposed to be there. Michael Lang was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had three members of Santana. They had uh, Greg Raleigh, Mike Carabello, and uh, Michael Shreve. Now, wasn't- and, and Michael Shreve, for the, the audience watching a movie of his drum solo, got a standing ovation. Was Greg Rollins like the youngest guy at Woodstock? He was the Greg drummer. Ro- right? No, Michael Shreve was the drummer. Oh. He was 20. Um, Jocko of Sha Na Na was 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry Gross was 18. 18. Se- 17 Henry or 18. Henry, Gro- Henry Gross, the guy who sang Shannon. He was the guitarist of Sha Na Na at that point. Isn't there a, photo- a famous ph- photographer, uh, Henry Grossman? That's not him, is it? Oh, Henry Deltz. <laughs> Henry Deltz. No, well, Henry Gross, the actor, played uh, Michael Keaton on Family Ties. Oh, I forgot. Different guy. <laughs> um, but um, allegedly, Greg Reeves was like 13. Greg Reeves was uh, CSNNY's bassist, and he was like... He claims to be 13, but he may have been a little old. Even if he was a little older, he may be the youngest. We don't, nobody really knows. And Oh, Brooke Rollins was with the, I think uh, the Ringo's band. He, he was- yes. Yes. Yeah. I saw them at Bethel Woods. Yeah. On the, during the 50th. Yeah. yeah Greg, Greg Raleigh plays with Ringo a lot. Yep. Yeah. Hey Jim, I'm liking your, uh, your backdrop there. Yeah. I like I'm it too. playing games with it. When you talked about when you talked about the uh, soul sacrifice, that's my picture from Soul Sacrifice. That was my picture from Soul Sacrifice. Yeah, Yeah. song. Now you know they did a a song called Winning, which doesn't even sound like Santana. Called Winning. Yeah, Yeah. it's like 1981. And it's like, who is that? Santana. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he had a bunch of different vocalists, and he's done almost every genre of music. And when I saw him, at, well, at the 50th anniversary, I mean, yeah. he had some of his singers rap, which was a little interesting. That's an interesting mix of styles. They wanted to get that original band back together. Most of them. They did. Um, they did. Yeah. They, they recorded not, an album. Not, they were Santana four, but they didn't tour to Bethel Woods, which was, I'd like them to get Buffalo Springfield back together. 
would be yeah yeah well they that's almost happened a few times it, it has have it has happened within the last i want to say 15 years yeah uh they did it was uh richie fure neil young and stephen stills i'm not hmm. sure if anybody else joined them but at least those three and they played a couple of shows on the west coast and then no, i think apart. it was just the three of them yeah so let I mean, me bring up a let me bring up a group that I hear may get together, and you can tell me if it's baloney or it's not. I, I think it is going to happen. I call it the Rolling Beatles, but uh, <laughs> I heard that uh, like Ringo and Paul are going to join, like Mick and uh, Ron, uh, Keith. Uh, Keith. I've heard that. I've I don't know. I, how mean, true I, it is. I would think the the who are a better candidate because <laughs> they also they also need the rhythm section. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and yeah, Ringo and Ringo's son already plays. I, I heard so it was going to happen, and I heard they were going to do an, an album first and then tour. Oh, they could I do don't... a festival and call it the 401k tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, it's hard to see these these old timers because their voices don't know. Like the the Allman Brothers was really a lot of the music. The voice was, you know. Was was okay, but the, the their music was something that you know you didn't you didn't need them. But of course, Greg gone, so they almost they almost made it 50, 50 years with fifty percent less almond. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like when you hear these songs, you're busy singing along the anyway, brother. so you're drowning out the real singer. Yeah, but Daltrey can still knock it out. I I was a little surprised that he didn't do so well at when the one he canceled, but then when he came back. He, they were good. They were really good. Yeah, I was sitting they, in the front row to a Who show. Roger Daltrey is in better shape than I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that saying much? Still I don't know that one. Yeah. No, but he's, he's ripped to shreds. Yeah, you know, he is. He's, he's got, he, I've always had a keg, but he definitely has a six pack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he. He still sounds really good, Daltrey, but he's definitely the exception and not the rule. Well, I mean, Mick, and Mick Jagger. Well, and Mick Jagger. Oh, and Mick, still... yeah. But, well, but the good thing the... about the Rolling Stones is that they they looked old in the 60s. So, you know, they. <laughs> you know, when you, you know what, we, 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 I, we kid about this. We go, you know, they always told us don't do drugs. You know, it's really bad. But now that we see kids, Keith Rich is still alive, it's like, look at all the times we said no. Yep. Now he it's true. It. The, the three it. things that will survive a nuclear holocaust are cockroaches, moss, and Keith Richards. <laughs> he is something. <laughs> he was so good looking when he was young. Yeah. No, the women, you know. <laughs> I mean, now, now I don't know if the women are still flocking to him, but you know. <laughs> well, he's got he's got Patty Hansen. Who well, that's true. He doesn't really need the women. Doesn't need the women. And, you know, we have to worry about what kind of world we're going to leave Keith Richards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody's selling them? Yeah, well, like, you got to live. So, I mean, sometimes you got to have money. How come the Stones aren't here, you know, and the Beatles and stuff? Like, it's incomplete. This isn't real, you know? It's not real. Yeah, we really need those people. There. Not enough money, the man. See, he says they don't need bread, money. man. They got all kinds of bread. They should fly over here, you know, and make the scene with us. It's really bad. You don't have Jagger and Richard. They've lost all four of them. Have lost their visas. Right. from law. This place, you know. Uh, yeah, but they've got to get into this place first, which means first they got to well, cross a national border. They helicopter men from Cuba. 
They get shot down on the way. You think this is a disaster area? Oh, no, I think this is great. I heard rumors, I heard rumors it was declared a disaster area, officially, whatever that means. Why do you look so happy? Because I am happy. <laughs> That's the best thing that happened to me this year. the party the world has ever seen. That's all you can describe it as. All these years. The biggest party in the world. Do you think this is a disaster? Oh, no. It's like taking oh, no. the 20th of New York City, dropping it down in a hick town, throwing $3 million worth of drugs in, and saying, here, have yourself a bowl, we'll pick you up in three days. No, no, no. because then this would she no longer be great. If everyone has it, it takes all the excitement it's out good. of it. It's too good. Oh, that's oh, like saying oh, peace wouldn't be great if the whole world. You can't walk around in mud and filth and dirt all your life. It's great for a week, it's not What's beautiful. Film? That's the way it is. It's I'm getting crotch rot now. Have you had your oats yet? Is this something for the CIA or something? What is it? You belong to the CIA? You belong to the CIA. You're all busted. Three or four days, you know? It would be a beautiful cars, thing, you know? Right, yeah. Cars, yeah. Oh, for what purpose? Because oh, we will man, get you know there what fast. Purpose, man. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing, man. Because, because the traffic is uptight because of the hippie fest. We'll get there faster walking than they will by car. Oh, so uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier that you were on the back of a Todd Rundgren uh, album cover. Yeah. Uh, have you read Todd's book? No, actually, that's the cover. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm. I don't own that one, but I'm and familiar all the with people it. And I'm, I'm somewhere. I got like three or four copies, and I started putting that's me, and that's so and so with who's with me, and then I have sure. Jimmy Hoffer is over here, and Earhart <laughs> is over here. <laughs> but I'm sorry. What was your question? Have I seen uh, read his book? No, uh, Rundgren's. Yeah, he actually put out his own autobiography a few years ago. It's actually kind of interesting. I've read it. I started yeah. reading Peter Townsend's, and I read that. I'm not a reader. I'm a more of a writer, but I, you know, but and uh, you read a fine, you wrote a fine book called "We Are Woodstock" <laughs> by and right. by, Glenn, by Glenn Eldridge, who we're talking to, and you can purchase his book pretty much where at least on Amazon and on his website, "We Are Woodstock." And if you follow the link to eBay, you can buy a signed copy if you wish. You know, I almost uh, wanted to do a, a sequel uh, called We Are Burning Man. Uh, Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Going to Burning Man and, and, then, and then writing uh, a sequel. Well, there's some interesting experiences that you'll have at Burning Man, too. I would imagine so. so but, uh, well, uh, it's, it's in the book. I, I haven't. I'm only three quarters of the way through the book, so I don't know if. Uh, well, I hope this doesn't Gale, stop you from reading from. No, I'm going to. But really, no. Gale, you know the, the, the relationship and, between uh, me and Gail uh, is just starting to warm up. I think it is. Oh, it absolutely, it absolutely is. 
I mean, during the Santana set, there was an interesting experience between you and Gail. And then it, I'm sure it's going to go on from there. But if you two end up having kids, then the kids could be at Burning Man. Uh, ah. Well, I talked to one of my daughters said they think I'm crazy to want to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what, par- what child doesn't think their parents are crazy? I mean, if you That's watch true. any, I mean, everybody wants to be Ozzy Osbourne or Gene Simmons's kid. If you watch their reality shows, the kids are like, our parents <laughs> suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ozzy Osbourne, he's, he's a miracle too. <laughs> well, he... he He's leaving this country. He's yeah, I think he said he's leaving. He's going to he, he's leaving. And when the world get when America gets too crazy for Ozzy Osbourne, <laughs> maybe you should take a good oh my look God, at yourself. Yeah. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> we talked to, we know how you got, how'd you get into rock and roll? And, and how'd you leave New York City to go to Houston? So oh, we got two questions. My my I, I was married. And she was originally from here. And I didn't okay. really want to bring up kids in New York. I had been married before that. Uh, but uh, no, no, I'm sorry. That was my first wife brought me here. My second wife I had kids with. And then I had a girlfriend for about 12 years. And she's the one I went to the 50th anniversary. But we're no longer together. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Um, so you follow, you follow I've always been into rock and roll, I guess. And, uh, you know, today when people say, do you play an instrument? I say, well, I played a phonograph. And of course, nobody knows what that is. <laughs> I tell I tell people I play the radio. Yeah. <laughs> play the radio, <laughs> and nobody knows what that is either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so yeah, I just music is just great, and I, I you know it's funny because I got this a little album to put my ticket stubs in, and I see people I forgot I even saw. You know, really? and then I see people I remember. I've seen Tiny Tim. I've seen the oh, village wow. people. I've seen Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis, Liza Minnelli. I've seen Michael Jackson, yeah. uh, all the biggies, uh, yeah. uh, just about. Uh, then I, I went to a Katy Perry, Katy Perry concert, and then I said, "No, I got to draw a line. This crowd is bad." So I didn't go to <laughs> Miley Cyrus or Taylor Swift. I wanted to go because they're so good at what they do. Yeah. But it's just the crowd is—it's like it's too young for me. Oh, I was like a guy who went to Woodstock is afraid of the crowd. And it's, it's no, no, it's not the crowd. It's the, you know, they're all the age. <laughs> yeah, you know? no. And it's like, it'd be different if I was taking a kid. <laughs> no, know, I, went, I, went, I, I went to see Duran Duran in oh, Syracuse boy. where I was going to school. And uh, I wanted, and, and I got to say, I was, when was I there? I was there like in 84, 85. Oh boy. Peak Duran so, Duran. So we yeah, was on 80s. the Seven in the Ragged Tiger Tour. Billy Idol opened up. MTV was promoting the show. And I was attending SU at the time as either a freshman or a junior. And I was one of the oldest people there without a kid. Right. <laughs> My daughter went to uh, Syracuse. Yeah. Yeah? I, I didn't graduate, but I... It's I funny. Just, they, I think it's, uh, what is it, the uh, air condition theater i mean that's what they call it uh, carrier, carrier dome. dome and yet they yeah. don't have air conditioning <laughs> correct <laughs> <laughs> have you aaron have you seen shows the carrier dome believe it or not i have not seen any shows at the carrier dome but uh really? my grandfather graduated from syracuse oh really yeah what i mean what this was year, at right you know? after 1949 really uh, yeah 
Before they put up the carrier dump. Yeah, that was yeah, a few yeah. years before that. I've seen some games there, but no group. Well, we were talking about to people that went to Syracuse, right? Lenny went, Lenny Binder, right? Right. Went to Syracuse. Lou Reed graduated the same year as her. Um, Somebody you know, came up uh, came up another time on the podcast, too. Yes, recently. it did. Yeah. And I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Syracuse is like one of those like... Uh, buzzwords you know syracuse university well, it's a, like a big if you're going to be in the media it's one of those places for the for media yep yeah if you if you want to be on television you want to go to one of three schools I you want to go to you want to go to either syracuse mm-hmm. at the newhouse school of communications you want to go to nyu or you want to go to ucla I uh, see Jim went to Notre Dame, which is why Johnny Hudson, our co-host, is boycotting the podcast because he's a- <laughs> we just had a, 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 a one of the, the first the first college game was in Dublin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, that, you know, maybe, you know. Yeah, Jim, he might be boycotting because is, what's he? A UNC? <laughs> UNC. He's a USC. USC. No, he's USC. A U- USC. USC. Yes. So yeah, he's- I, I, I had to explain to him full disclosure last week that that that's where I went so that we understood no, he... each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that rivalry. Right, that, yeah, that's a whole other story. Yeah. But uh, no, he's not boycotting. He's just something came up. No, something came up. Yeah, it's just because it's it's he, 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 he booked you and he would be glad to talk to you. And I'm sure he's very disappointed that he can't be here. But it's most likely a work thing knowing him because he you know, Johnny, he's on call sometimes. And, you know, when that happens, you know, when he gets the call, he can't do the show so that, you know, I'm sure that he is kicking himself right now somewhere. Back to which like I'm thinking in, in at the end, at the end of the book, I think I do mention how many of those people have made it to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And yeah, there's a there's a fair, there's a fair amount of them. A fair amount. And there was even some before I was done that were going to be going in there. It, it, it is, it's just amazing. I mean, that's people went to see groups they'd never seen before. And they're all classic. And there's there never been mm-hmm. a generation of music like that, in my opinion. Well, that's why they call it classic rock. Yeah. But, no. but, some, of, but some of those bands who played Woodstock, you didn't know how great they were going to be. I mean, Santana, their album was... Yeah. released maybe like the week of Woodstock and right. they were, but they, nobody there had heard of Santana and everybody loved them. And they were there. There's a story. I don't know how true it is, but there's a story that they were online to see the movie and yeah. nobody knew who they were. And when they walked out of the theater, they were mobbed because uh, everybody who saw, I've heard that story. Them. I heard everybody- that about the Eagles, that they would walk through the audience and nobody knew who they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody still knows who they are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they know the Eagles and they know the names, but nobody knows. Very few people know the actual faces. I uh, mean, well, uh, yeah. Joe, Joe, Joe Walsh and uh, Don Henley, maybe. Yeah. But Timothy B. Schmidt, if he walked around town, he would, nobody would know who he was. You know, he'd have to hold up his American Express card to be noticed now, uh, or sing. Jay, wasn't uh, wasn't there a group that was Jim. there because of a flip of a coin? Are uh, you talking? Are you talking to Jim or Jack? I thought Jay is the yeah, that's Jay because uh, okay. he was he was up on the water pipe. Uh, yep. uh, 
there was a flip of a coin. I think two people wanted different groups and they flipped the coin and we got to, to book I can't them? remember which group we got. Uh, Santana versus well, I think it was a Beautiful, a beautiful day. day. I think might have been the one that lost. Um, oh, was it I, Santana? It, 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 well, the story I've heard about Santana is that when Woodstock Ventures, the company that was hiring or booking yes. all these groups, uh, asked Bill Graham about having the dead. Bill Graham said, yes, but you, I also want you to book this other band, Santana. And they said, well, okay, you know. That, oh, okay. So, so, but I, I don't know about It's a Beautiful Day. I haven't heard them mentioned before. No, that I, doesn't mean it. There wasn't no. a point. There was a, a, there was a, but it, yeah, I think Graham was in on that. So it, it's probably the same story. Okay. A little twisted. Yeah, and it's I, a think, I think it's a beautiful day or mentioned in Michael Lang's book, but I don't remember. And it's been a while since I've read it. Okay. Yeah. You, you know what I want to know? And I don't think we've ever brought this up on the show, but the Moody Blues were advertised as playing at Woodstock. Yes, they were. Up okay. until. Yeah, first right. Poster. And the early stuff first like. Um, yeah. What happened? Because at, at one point on the Friday on the recordings that came out in the box set, a couple of years ago, you hear an audience member shout at Chipmunk, what happened to the Moody Blues? And I'm like, yeah, what happened to the Moody Blues? Yeah. Why aren't they playing? I'm like, nobody ever John, talks about that. John Legend, John Legend was just on that last rock and roll cruise I was on. And I did get to be friendly with his bass, the guy who tuned the bass. Oh, yeah. John, yeah, yeah. John, 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 Lodge, John Lodge. You mean not John Lodge? John Lodge, John Lodge. right. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, the Moody Blues. I love the Moody Blues. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, they were listed, but they didn't play. And then Iron Butterfly, of course, was <laughs> listed, and they were left at the airport, which well, my story they, they, is. They, go ahead. I know what your story is. We had John Morris on, and John Morris told us the story that they demanded, they were at JFK, and they demanded a helicopter come pick them up, and as soon as they got off the, as soon as they got off the helicopter, they would play that moment. <laughs> and then as soon as they were done, a helicopter would take them back to JFK. Oh. And easy enough. John, Mar easy enough while all hell's breaking loose. And John Morris wrote him a famous telegram. And the first word of every line, the, the first line starts with an F. The second line starts with a U. <laughs> the third line starts with a C. Okay. And, the and the fourth line starts with a K. And it was either... Right. Fuck off or fuck you. It was either fuck you or fuck off. One yeah. of those two. Well, see, the story I heard was, and I don't, I don't know where I hear my stories, was that they <laughs> didn't want a heavy metal group there because the crowd was just doing really well without it. They had Mountain, who yeah, is yeah. heavy enough. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the, but they didn't want it to get uh, even crazy. And they, and, but Mountain was, yeah, I love Mountain. I saw Mountain at Red Rocks with Jethro Tull. Yeah, and heavy, really? heavy metal. Heavy metal was really not a thing. It was just starting. I mean, you had you had the fudge, which was oh, about. They were, yeah, they were projectors. I'm kind of friends with Vinny now because he's from the, the Bronx and he's yeah. on the rock and roll cruises. Yeah, I uh, know. I'm friends. I'm, fr I'm friends with Vinny too. Vinny's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, I that probably, I probably in the past ten years, I've probably seen him more than any other band I've ever seen. Well, hmm. yeah. You know, I've seen him at least, I don't know, 15 or so times. I forget what song. He wanted to play a song that I like. And he says, the guy running place, he says, you need to talk to him. Tell him you want to hear it. <laughs> and why can't you tell him? He goes, I'm just a musician here. 
You know, that's another question. Like, why didn't the fudge play at uh, Woodstock? Because they were they were still fairly big at that time. They were huge uh, at that time. We yeah, can, we can. I can. Yeah, I can oh, they, and their music was so different than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Next time I see Vinny, I'll ask him. I'll bring my. Uh, I have a mini. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, record recorder, so we can have a short episode. We can, you know, tack him on to an, a, a longer episode yeah, or play, play my Vinny interview and play Love Light. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's freaking great. Yeah, we could. We're waiting for that moment where we get like, you know, 15 minute interview. Then the guest gets upset and then walks and then we'll just play. We'll just play Love Light the rest of the time. <laughs> to fill the hour i mean yeah. when it comes to the longest song in history it's got to be by them right no actually i i had a guinness i was i have a guinness world record for being part of the longest recorded song put out by the love hope faith love hope strength foundation which mike peters of the alarm was part of the song was huh. over 40 minutes long it was, or actually, no, it was longer than that. It was on, it was, it had its own CD. It wasn't a pressed album, but it was on a CD and almost filled up the whole CD. It was just <laughs> one song on the CD. And I wrote, I wrote, I wrote uh, a couple lines for that, but I have a Guinness World, I have a participant for the Guinness World Record for that. And then I think it was subsequently broken. Yeah, I didn't try to do that, but when I was uh, <laughs> 17, I had a, a band out in Newtown, Connecticut. And and uh, one night I had a fever of around 104 degrees and then we or a little over 103. I was really sick. And we had to um, play this show because we had rented out this hall. So we did one song, Interstellar Overdrive by Pink Floyd, that lasted well over three hours. And that was it. Oh. <laughs> because I wasn't there for most of it. Like I finished it, went on, was, you know laid down or whatever and then i came back like a couple hours later and they're all looking at me like oh my god he's alive so <laughs> uh i thought that was that's Did, the proper way yeah. and nobody stayed that was the great part about it everybody had left by then the so entire now, audience so had just it, it was a very moving performance everybody moved towards it the was <laughs> yeah they <laughs> moved to the exits now uh, 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 what the song woodstock obviously came after woodstock mountain right. Day, yeah. Esker's farm that was written there or after it was written it was named later oh mm -hmm. uh, it was written there but named later and then there was candles um uh, candle in the wind Candle in the rain. Didn't Credence do uh, a, a song too? Who'll rain. Stop the Rain? Yeah, wasn't that because yeah. of Woodstock? Yep. Yeah. People don't know that the little Woodstock bird from Snoopy was named after the Woodstock. Yeah. Yep. Were there any other songs uh, after? There was, uh, what was the name of that band? They did a song called Go Into Bethel. That was uh, um, that came out Bethel. right after the festival. Sounds yeah. religious. It does, doesn't it? Uh, let's see. Hold on. I have it on my hard drive here. It was by Route 17, it's called. On summer day, a steady stream. Pilgrims travel toward a dream as the rain came down. 
thousand, maybe more, with tents and bedrolls heading for Catskill Going to Bethel, 1960, released 1969. What was what was Dylan's? Route 17 was the name of the band? The name of the band. And the song was Going to Bethel? Going to Bethel. Let's see. Yeah, Dylan was Highway 61. (laughs) Highway 60. Uh, Let's see if it's on here. It is actually on YouTube. Going to Bethel, Route oh. 17, lyrics by Sheila Davis, music by Pia. Not on the RCA label, so it wasn't like a, was you a know. Label. Yeah, and it was that, an actual that, that, That'll be on label. our Facebook page when this episode drops. You know, so, uh, something I thought was funny in the movie, mm. uh, Woodstock, was because people don't realize that Wavy Gravy didn't get the name mm-hmm. until the next. A couple weeks podcast. later when he went to Texas. This right. weekend, right? This weekend, but in the movie, when he's mm-hmm. interviewing somebody, he says, "You know, what's your name?" And she gives a name, and he goes, "You know, like what's your name?" And he goes, "You." Well, she didn't realize he was saying H U. Yeah, she, she thought he was saying Y O U. And people <laughs> wouldn't know that unless they knew his real name was, you know, U Romney. Um, yeah, so I thought that was kind of funny, which I didn't, you know, originally seeing the movie, I didn't realize that until after I. Uh, realized that that was his name, that he's going, I'm you. And it's like, he, he, you're just spaced out of your head, buddy. <laughs> Here, here's something you may not know about him. The hat that he was wearing at Woodstock, the cowboy hat. 
was mm-hmm. Tom Mix's cowboy hat. Yes. Was whose? Tom, Tom Mix, Mix, the the the, uh, the old cowboy, star cowboy. The West yep. Ham cowboy, yeah. Yeah, I'm in Texas now, so uh, the guy I'm with, uh, you know, in New York, all you heard about was Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, maybe mm-hmm. Gabby Hayes. Uh, uh, but here, he knows a lot of different Texan old movie stars. New York, yeah. we only got the biggest ones. And, you oh, know, sure. actually, he wanted, uh, Mel, uh, uh, Mike uh, Lang wanted uh, Roy, Roy Rogers to end the, the concert. Right. Yes. Happy Trails. Yeah. Which would have been hysterically funny. <laughs> yes. Although I don't, you know, <laughs> could you imagine actually, after Hey Joe, you know, just, that, that, that should be our, <laughs> hey that Joe. Should, actually, for the podcast, <laughs> that should be our outro music. I like that. And then happy trails to you. Or, or, we can, or we can modernize it and play the Van Halen version of it. While you're looking that up, I looked up the sure. Grateful Dead's longest song. Yeah. Uh, 1974 in Seattle, they played a, a opened their second set with a 47 minute playing in the band. Oh my wow. God. 47. 47. I mean, I don't even think uh, Thick as a Brick comes close. Thick as a Brick is the longest album song because it's one. Yes. It's the whole album. album is one song. Right. Side one, side two. Oh, okay. it's, it's 41, yeah. 42 minutes. But um, the longest. Well, I'm, and I'm not sure that the Dead's version or the Dead's longest song is the longest rock song ever played. But. Yeah. Um, it might be because I don't know too many bands who play stuff longer than the dead. Yeah. Well, no, Zeppelin no. did uh, Dazed and Confused for at least 30 minutes. Okay. They they did they did a version in Seattle in 75 that I think pushed 40 minutes or it might have been a little over 40 well, I know minutes. on the song remains the Weird same, it's an album side. <laughs> now, when it yeah, came that's to, 26, 27, yeah. Now, when it came to concept albums and they said, you know, Sgt. Pepper's was, but I think if I'm got it right, is was Zappa the first one who did a like a concept album with that freakout album or yeah, yeah, that's the, that? the argument that has been made. Yes. I'm yeah. not I'm not I, I'm not really certain. I know I've I know I've read stuff about that, you know, but it definitely is in the 60s. It's definitely in the 60s, like almost everything with rock and roll. So you guys always zoom is I mean, you guys are Seem like a nice bunch of guys. Uh, we are. No, we have you fooled. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, we, we, uh, we do also a nice on, bunch of on all these iPods. Uh, these <laughs> we do, we do this we do this via we record via Zoom. We found it had the best. We started off doing it via Skype, but the mm-hmm. recording quality on Zoom is much better, and we're all able to see each other, and it works out really well. Yeah, because yeah, this is a pleasure. It's a pleasure to meet all of you. It's a pleasure. And the fact that we can see each other makes conversation easy because we're in the same. It's almost as if we're in the same room. We look at each other's faces. Right. Because mm-hmm. we, we, so you can see when somebody stops, starts talking and stops talking. We have a big problem on this mm-hmm. podcast where we keep interrupting each other. And we, we even did it tonight somewhat, but yeah. it Little doesn't bit, have, Not bad, but because we can see each other, it's not as bad. Mm-hmm. But if somebody is off camera, it makes it that much harder. Because hey. we've had we've had guests call in as opposed to doing Zoom. 
Do you have and, yeah. do you have a call in? Oh no, because here's this uh, uh, on the link bias. that on the on the invite that I sent you. Yeah, they're dialing numbers. But, so you could have you could have dialed in rather than join the Zoom. No, but I mean, but people don't call in and ask you questions. No, no, no. no. We we have we haven't done that. We haven't figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. We're still trying to figure that out, and then we may do that at some point. We might have to get certain software to allow for calls or so do figuring you learn, it out. Do you learn a lot of new things about Woodstock? Uh, um, we oh, learn sure, all the time, all the time, and. and it, there's always something new. Like, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's like, you know, rabbis studying the Torah. I mean, they've been studying for 6,000 years. They <laughs> haven't found like- the answer yet, <laughs> but they always find something new. Yeah. Uh, Jim has forgotten more about Woodstock than I will ever know. So, you know, that's, I'm always learning something new when he's like, <laughs> yeah, but, 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 but still we know more about Woodstock than, most we've forgotten more things about Woodstock than most people care to know oh, about yeah. Woodstock. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, I was watching, I watched the show Big Brother, and okay. you guys know what that is. Yes. The TV show, oh, yeah. the reality yeah. show. <clears throat> I mean, I did try out for Big Brother, Survivor, The Apprentice. Sure. Never. But anyway, so I was watching Big Brother, and they were doing a thing about it's like a concert thing. And so one was like, uh, uh, Bonnaroo, I think, and then the other was like Fry, uh, the Fry concert that never happened. So it's like nobody mentioned Woodstock because they're all young now. And I said to my right. daughter, "Did you see that? It's it's going to be in the back burner soon. It's you know, it's like I used to sell on eBay Shirley Temple dolls. Nobody knows who he is now. It's the Olsen twins. You can air out it. And so Woodstock, you know, will remember it, but." The other people know Bonnaroo and Kachara. I, 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 I will, I will tell you that, and Jim can tell you this too, because, and probably Scott, that if you sit at the monument for any length of time, I mean, you will see a steady stream of people from all over the world who come there every single day. All and ages, all ages. Well, who's that guy? There's that one big guy who's there all the time. Duke, De- Duke Devlin, who Duke Devlin. We'll, have, we'll have on the show. He was one of the people who went to Woodstock and never left. He stayed right. in the town. Exactly. And, he, and, he, and I think he's been sitting in that same spot since 1969. That's the joke is now we, we tell people that uh, he came here in 1969 and he never left. And he waits there at the picnic table for his ride. <laughs> well, he's, he's been there every time I go. I mean, yeah, he more time. I think the, the original, the 50th, and I think I was there twice uh, in between that.
Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, our And that's our show. Keep the Dream Flowing, a Woodstock 1969 podcast was produced and edited by Scott Parker. Your hosts were Jack Lekensky, Johnny Hudson, Aaron Shear, Jim Shelley, and Scott Parker. Keep the Dream Flowing, a Woodstock 1969 podcast is not associated in any way with Woodstock Ventures or any of its entities. Come and check us out on our Facebook page. The group is called Keep the Dream Flowing where we keep you updated on various things that we're doing and give you a heads up when there's a new episode coming. So check that out. On behalf of all of us here at Keep the Dream Flowing, this is Scott Parker saying thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.